Unlock the past and safeguard your memories with ScanMyPhotos.com. Here's our special promo code, GoDigital, to get a whopping up to 50% off your photo scanning order. Don't let your cherished moments fade away. Digitize them now with precision and care. Whether it's old slides, photos, or films, bring them into the digital age and relive those precious memories. This is an affiliate promotion, meaning we may earn a commission if you take advantage of this fantastic deal. Act fast, preserve your history, and save big with Go Digital at ScanMyPhotos.com. Hi, I'm Maureen Taylor, the photo detective. I really love family photographs, all of them. From the mystery images you find in shoeboxes and albums, to the pictures you snap with your digital devices. No mystery is too small. A simple question about an image can lead to new stories of your ancestors. This means you can count on me to help you identify the people in them, offer solutions for preserving and organizing them, and yes, even guide you in the various ways to gather and share picture stories with your relatives. My guest today is Robin Call, and Robin hosts this unbelievably successful Reading with Robin. And what do you have, 17,000 followers on Facebook? I do, and I know every single one of them. (laughs) Anyway, Robin, thank you for joining me on The Photo Detective. Uh, Tell us something about yourself. And for all of you that don't know this already, I am declaring September Historical Fiction Month because I love writing historical fiction, but I also like reading historical fiction. I love that. I love when we can just plant a flag and declare something. So I'm with you. September is officially now historical fiction month. I just think that's awesome. Tell us something about yourself, Robin. I'm a big reader. I bet you wouldn't have guessed. (laughs) And I'm also, I mean, what was so compelling to me when I got your message was I am, and I was at my sister's when you, when I received it, we were literally talking about photos and preserving photos and our family photos and how important they are. We are exuberant photographers and, you know, the advent of photos on phones has only made made us even more crazy about the pictures. But I love everything about what you shared in that email. I was like, oh my God, this is just so perfect. It brings together things that I'm so passionate about. And the photos, when you're talking historical fiction, when I've hosted so many authors talking about the historical fiction work, they have original photos to show. And it's just an incredible source to have. You can glean so much from looking at those photos, as you know. Detective. Yeah, I mean, for me, the photos help inspire any writing that I do. I mean, mm-hmm. how could it not? I mean, I'm obsessed with pictures. So <laughs> there we go. Well, that's true. And you know what I always get so sad about if, if I'm at like some kind of an estate sale, something like that. Yeah. Someone's photos. I'm like, oh, what's going to happen to my photos one day? Because <laughs> of course it all comes back to me. But they're so personal and they're everything. And just the way people maintain them in such a different way. They're so organized now, but our family will sit around with a box and go, who is this? Historical fiction is 
one of the genres that I really enjoy reading. And that's probably not a surprise to anyone listening to this podcast because I love history and it brings the past to life much as looking at a photograph. But over the years, because you have had this successful reading with Robin since 2002. It'll be 20 years. It's 20 years. That is crazy. That's crazy. And you've had like television shows locally in Rhode Island. I see that you now do some stuff on Instagram live. Um, You have have in-person events again. Yes. I'm so happy to have my in-person events. I miss those so much. I mean, as we all did and for so many reasons, but also the idea of being able to pivot you know, and when you're talking historical fiction, and I guess I think about being adaptive and, you know, being able to see an issue and, you know, identify an issue and and have a solution for it. And so when we could no longer do the in-person events, it was something I was thinking of anyway. I moved to the online and brought my audience with me, some of them kicking and screaming, but it opened up to obviously more than local, even though people will come from far to come to an event. So we were able to pivot, do that online. And I incorporated the Instagram lives with the authors. And for the obvious reasons, it makes it much more accessible. And the time to be able to, it's it's not the same, but it's pretty darn good. And to be able to accomplish and reach people is just a marvelous thing. So we emailed back and forth before this interview and you said, what, do you, what are we going to talk about? And I said, we're going to talk about historical fiction, and we're going to talk about the genres of historical fiction, and we're going to talk about what people are reading. And you posted it on your Facebook page just a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. And within, I think within eight minutes, because I looked at it, within eight minutes, you had 149 comments. That's hilarious. So, yeah, yeah but, it's crazy. So that tells me that the people that listen to Reading with Robin like historical fiction. They can't get enough. And you saw, I have like my super readers, Maureen, I'm sure you saw some of them. And and then they would jump back on and go, oh, I forgot this. Oh, I forgot this because they don't want to forget any of their beloved authors. And also the authors are always on my page. And so I don't think anybody wanted to leave anybody out. It's just kind of a very interesting community. But if you said to me, you can only do one event a year, what's the genre that most people will want to come to? I would say historical fiction. So if you had to sort of boil down what people were talking about on your Facebook page with historical fiction, are there particular books that most people have read that you get a sense for like, this is going to be a bestseller? And if you have any idea of what's coming out, because I saw on your website, you have this (laughs) fall preview of books. And I thought like, I don't have enough on my to be read pile. Oh, absolutely. Right now I'm reading, this comes out in April. It's Martha Hall Kelly's The Golden Doves. Now, Martha wrote Lilac Girls, Girls. Flower Sisters, and The Lost Roses. So that's one of the benefits of what you do. You're getting advanced reading copies. I am, but it's like being a piece of chocolate on Lucy's conveyor belt. I can't keep up and I can't shove these books in my bra. This one is a standalone. So this is a whole new story. But this one comes out in, I think, the first week in April. But yeah, I get the books 
a year ahead, six to nine months ahead, but Martha is a friend. So I knew about this book before I even got a thank you in it, which is really special. And yeah, I can tell you what's coming down the pike and the historical fiction writers, a lot of them are a book a year, which boggles my mind because as you know, the amount of research and the rabbit holes we fall down is just it's overwhelming. And I've seen like Martha, for example, has shown us in her office, all of her primary sources and her vision boards. And it's, it's amazing what she does. And she has sections for each book. Now it's taking over that space, but um, some like Pam Genoff and Sarah McCoy and uh, Maza Mengiste and Sadiqa Johnson, some of the authors I've had on recently, or not even so recently, but it's the books are so compelling and so and a lot of them are character driven as much as the research and and the background for the story but they're very character driven but it's I don't know how they do it Pam Genoff is one I just don't know how Christina McMorris has a new book coming out in September I think and she was the one that wrote Sold on Monday which was a big book and Lisa Wingate I mean just the list goes on Patty Callahan but how did you start this I mean 2002 to 2022. You now know all the leading, I would say most of the leading historical fiction writers are now people that you would say, oh, I am an acquaintance of them, if not a friend. Oh, absolutely. I can text most of them very quickly. In fact, there are a few that I've been in touch with because I'm already thinking summer 2024 and I know what's coming. So I'm always like to be ahead. You know, that's just the way I'm always thinking way ahead. And so when you talk about the previews, I've had some of those preview events on where we talk about six months ahead, the books that are coming out. Because when a book comes out, let's face it, everybody's talking about it. And so really they're interested in, publishing is interested in one thing and the authors are interested in another sometimes. But how did you get started? Because when you got started in 2002, social media wasn't what it is today. No, it wasn't. So did you just start banging on doors, knocking on doors, writing to authors saying, I'm <laughs> I'm reading with Robin and I'm having these local events. Would you like to come? That, that's a good way to, that's a good fairy tale, but here's what happened. Okay. Here's- that's what I want to know. How did this happen? In, a, I think it was 1999, maybe I was doing some work with my sister for her company that I was able to do remotely. My sister's in Connecticut and I was pretty much, I was at my desk and I'm a people person. So to keep myself company, I put on the radio and not much of a talk radio person at all. Certainly not AM, but there was a show. I still listen to Imus. And then there was a local show that would come on afterwards. And I found the host very amusing And I found myself talking to the radio, eventually heard the host asking for some like piece of trivia, which I knew. And I called the producer to say, hey, tell him it's City Slickers is the answer or whatever. And I got into this routine and quickly turned a little addictive of listening and participating in a way. And I was then on air. I was became like a regular caller and went into the studio and was asked to sit in. And that's a very short version, Maureen. And um, at some point I thought, I can do this. And what would I want my show to look like? And I thought, I'm a reader. I'll chat with authors. So I pitched the idea to the radio station. And while Great they, idea. 
Thank you. And but so there was no roadmap. It was Oprah and me. That's it. And in fact, I started the show when Oprah stopped her book club. That's one of the things I like to say because, well, because it's true. The first time she stopped her book club, I think, was the spring of 01. And and that's when I pitched the idea. Or 02, I'm sorry. And I started my show in 02. So it was, and then she picked it back up and did classics. And I like to say, she got wind of my show and got nervous. No. (laughs) That's that's the way I tell my little story, Maureen, but that's what it was. And so to get in touch with authors, once I I had this idea and the the management thought I was amusing and all of that, but they didn't know if people would care about, I think that they asked me if people still read. And I said, I'm pretty sure people still read. And then the reading with Robin, I like the alliteration, but they were like, well, you're going to be reading? Are you reading to the children? <laughs> and I said, you've been listening to me on talk radio. You know, this will not be a children's show at all. And we're going to be talking with authors. So they gave me the green light to go ahead. And I started planning. And so how much do you read? Barely at all. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I know. You must read. I read two to three books a week. Mm. Take. But I'm aware of many. I look through all the books that are coming out. I follow a lot of people online. I read some of the online journals and, you know, all of the Publishers Weekly, all of those things. So I have a sense of, and I have people that I know that they know what's going on. So I have my go-to people. We pool our resources a little bit, you know, what do you like? What's what's coming up? You know, if, we, if either anybody misses one very few trusted confidants in that space that I will chat with. But when I first started booking authors, I reached out to them directly. I didn't have any connection to publishing or even realize that was a thing that one should do. I reached out to Jody Pico because she there was an article about her in the paper and I was a fan of her books. And I just sent, and we're from the same town on Long Island. And I sent her a, a an email that said East sucks, West rules, because she went to high school East. I went to the West. And so we started a conversation and she told me I would love Jennifer Weiner's new book and put me in touch with Jen, I think, or her publisher, maybe. And Jennifer was one of my first guests. And then I just, I was booking guests directly. I don't, I guess I was emailing them. It's a network. I don't think people understand the network of fiction writing fiction writers and oh. historical fiction writers. They meet at conferences. They meet online. People share information. There's writers groups. They oh, read each other's work. I knew none of that then. I've been indoctrinated and I've moderated panels at festivals. I've been to some of these conferences and the book, you know, like the book shows and all of that since, but I didn't know that these existed. And when I meet with some of the big publishers in New York, and they're telling these old stories from the 90s or were back, I'm like, I, I don't know how you were all connected, but I'm happy to be here. I know some of the stories, the old time agents and just the way the three martini drinks and all this stuff, but that was not my connection at all. So flash forward to many pitches and many books sent and online and all of this. And it, it was really very different in, in this, a lot of change in these 20 years. So with your overview of the industry, and you do have an overview of the industry, what do you think is a sort of popular historical fiction topic right now? 
because I know they, I know this happens. Like you go to the bookstore and you have one book, um, it's a bestseller. Then suddenly everybody else pops up with their books on the same topic. It's interesting because that's, that happens really in a vacuum. Authors keep their topics very close to the vest. For that very reason, the two very big Zelda Fitzgerald books that came out at the same time was a coincidence. And the book that Jojo Moyes wrote about the librarians in Appalachia, and I forget the other book. Giver of Stars. There was another book that came out very similar. World War II is obviously a huge topic, and there are so many people who are affected in different ways, perspectives, different ways to tell the story. I mean, just when you think, how many other stories that we haven't heard. It's like unbelievable. There are people that, and you're like, wow, another story. We didn't know this. Well, I find the World War II fascination with in fiction interesting because though, is it popular because fiction is being read by people of a certain age who might have a family connection to World War II? Because the World War II generation is pretty much gone now. Right. No, that that may be driving it. I mean, I think of Georgia Hunter's We Were the Lucky Ones, which was one of my favorites. I am not particularly, I love historical fiction. That time period is, it's a lot. I just feel like it's a lot, even though they're different stories. It's just not for me, but I can appreciate that my, my readers and my listeners enjoy that and I share it. But when I read Georgia Hunter's We Were the Lucky Ones, I'm like, this is very different. This is standout. This is a must, must read. And so when those happen, it's just super exciting because I love sharing something that I don't think people have seen before. And because I get a look at it early, you know, there you go. But what have you recently read as far as historical fiction goes? Fiction? Well, (laughs) right now, of course, The Lost Summers of Newport. As soon as I heard that book, and I love Beatrice Williams, Karen White and Lauren Willig are all favorite authors of mine. Lauren, I got to know during the pandemic with Band of Sisters. And she's another, they they write together as Team W and they write separately. And Beatrice's book, 100 Summers, which I read many years ago, was one of my favorites. It takes place fictionally in Watch Hill Westerly about the 38 hurricane. So I like, oh oh my God, that was one of my favorites. And I've hosted Beatrice several times and Karen White, who writes several different series and historical fiction. You know, so they write together. This is their fourth one together. It takes place in Newport over three time periods. And it's glitzy, it's glamorous, it's gilded age, and and then current, and then a time period in between the 50s when they had the Tiffany Ball in Newport. So it's fun to read about someplace that's meaningful. And with Summer in Newport, they really hit it out of the park with this Yeah, one. Newport, Rhode Island. Yeah. Yes. I, I haven't read that yet. It's on my list. Uh, I have seen it everywhere this summer. Yes, you have. I will take credit for a lot of that. It's- yes, you will. Yes, you will. It is everywhere. So yeah. I'm going to have to pick up a copy. Right now I'm reading Kate Quinn's new book. Yes. Somebody yep. gave it to me for my birthday in the spring and I'm just getting to it. She's great. I've interviewed her a few times. Everybody loves Kate Quinn. Oh, Love- I think Dallas Network is the best. Loves her. Yes. Everybody. I interviewed Kate at the same time as I interviewed the author of The Chateau of Lafayette. There are a lot of times I have authors in tandem and then forever they're linked in my head. They probably do know each other, but even if not, forever. They're in your head that way. Yeah, that's it. I'm like, you guys have to be best friends because you're in my head that way. And I just finished The Lost Apothecary. 
Oh, you know what? I should have taken that one out. That was a debut novel. And it's so good. So good. It's going to be, I think, is it TV? Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yep. She got a deal right away. And the next book is coming out. That Lost Apothecary hit a nerve. People, it came out during COVID. People, everybody's reading that book. So, yeah, very excited when a book hits like that. Really dark and very female forward. If you had to think about what's coming this spring, 23, which I can't, I don't even want to say 2023. I know. Or is there something, have you heard about a book that you haven't seen yet that you're really interested in? I know Lisa Scottolini has a new book coming out in the spring and I'm pretty sure it's historical fiction again. She wrote Eternal, which was an incredible triumphant saga. Like, I was like, when did you write this? Because her last book was Whatever Happened to the Bennetts or What Happened to the Bennetts. It was great. It was a thriller. Very different. So I think her next one is historical fiction. I don't know what it's about, but if it's Lisa Scottolini, it's at the top of my list. Also, who else has? That's not. Brenda Janowitz, who I love. Her last book was The Liz Taylor Ring. She has a new book coming out this spring and she writes historical fiction. I'm not sure what it's about. And one of my favorites, Fiona Davis, has a book coming out in June and it's about Radio City Music Hall. And I've hosted Fiona for every book and we had her here in Rhode Island for The Dollhouse. I love Fiona. I love The Lions of Fifth Avenue. I loved The Address. I, lo- I just love her. Mm. So her new book's coming out in June. Although, you know what? It's true. What's true about the way I like to read it's always the characters because you take all of that away and the storyline and the heart of the story for me is always the characters and the relationships. So no matter where it's set, present, past, future, past, perfect, present, third person, plural, <laughs> I'm good. You know, it's about, it's about that story. I love contemporary fiction. And I love a debut. A startling debut is one of my favorite, favorite things. And I do like a lot of contemporary literature, which I guess doesn't fit into any of the genres. Robin, this has been a lot of fun. I want to thank you so much for joining me on The Photo Detective. It's so great to be able to just talk about books. Absolutely. Uh, I want to have you on my show. I have questions for you, Maureen, but (laughs) We'll save that for my show. We'll save that for another time. We'll do some cross cross podcasting. Love it. Thank you so much for having me. This has been fun. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media. Leave me a rating and a review. And if you know of a friend or family member who's also interested in family photographs, share this episode with them too. See you next time. I'm thrilled to be offering something new, Photo Investigations. 
These collaborative one-on-one sessions look at your family photos. You and I meet to discuss your mystery images and find out how each clue and hint might contribute to your family history. And trust me, these images can reveal so much in your research. I have decades of experience in the photo, genealogy, and history industries. This is your chance to learn from me and discover the stories in your family images. You can find out more by going to MaureenTaylor.com and clicking on Family Photo Investigations.